All right. So this is Carrie Freitas. I am the host of the Interesting People I Know podcast. I've got someone that I, once again, like last week, I don't really know, but I feel like I know because of the social media thing where you pretend you know people and you don't. But I like his vibe. I love everything he has to say. I may not say that after this podcast. I don't know, (laughs) but I think I will. Um, It's Daniel Patterson of Patterson Perspective. You can find him online. His background is in education, but he has really created this overarching um, practice of connecting parents and teens with the resources they need for mental health, for addiction, to communicate better, to operate more, um, I would say, functionally and more happily and uh, contentedly in the world. He's also an author. He's also going to be going on a national speaking tour. He's also a husband and father. I mean, I don't know what he doesn't do, but we'll find out. Maybe we'll cover that at the end, like what he doesn't do. Um, and I, he also helps to run a high school in Los Angeles. So I don't know. Right. Yeah. What do I you d- think? I don't sleep. Yeah. That's one thing he doesn't do is sleep. So and it's Daniel, not Dan, just in case you ever, you know, you're going to want to contact him in the future, but just ask for Daniel Patterson um, or ask his people for Daniel. Uh, so welcome. Thank you. Daniel Patterson. So stoked to have you on. I'm happy to be here. Uh, because I know you were thinking about your own podcast. That's probably still in the offing at some point. Um, but I'm glad that you're, and you've probably done others, but I'm glad you're on mine first. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah I, I'll i get to it maybe to have my own at some yeah. point. It's a I mean, goal. why not? You've got right. nothing on your plate. So I figure, you know, maybe you should get a couple things going. That's right. you're obviously on a slow roll. So um, so Patterson Perspective, check out the website. I've got to get another plug in for that because it's super cool and you'll see a lot of the different modalities that he can help with, et cetera. But um, I want to talk first about your background, yeah. you know, how you got here, because it's a, to me, it's very interesting. And I think in addition to enlightening people and kind of establishing your credibility, of right. which you have a lot um, on these different topics we're going to cover, I also think it's so cool when people um, take a different turn, like they have a certain background and then they kind of mold it to something brand new that doesn't exist that meets unmet needs. Right. Um, so I think it's a good way for people to think about what they're doing in their life, even if they're in banking or whatever, like you can change the game right. for yourself. So tell me a little bit about just how you got started. How I got started. Well, I think just in terms of my passion alignment or experience with mental health and addiction, I check both of those boxes. So okay. I'll just get that out of the the way. Growing up, you know, severe mental health issues, depression, anxiety throughout, although I didn't call it by its name because I didn't know its name. Right. No therapy or anything. I just white knuckled it. Mm-hmm. Through. Which is common, was common then, even yeah. though you're younger than I. Um, and I had the same issues. I had OCD and all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, that wasn't diagnosed and whatnot. Right. But I also think people are white knuckling it now, but we'll talk about Yeah, they that. are white knuckling it now, but now I think it's more of a choice, right? Um, and to no fault, I, I harbor no blame to like my parents or anything. Okay. It just was not. Good for uh, you. That's it just wasn't a staple. And we lived in a very remote Northern California town. Okay. So there's a lot of factors that Played contribute that. to that for sure. Okay. Um, I went to college. I wanted to be a speechwriter political speechwriter. That's, cool. that's what I majored in. And um, I know a couple of people that could use you <laughs> currently. I'm not going to name names. But I <laughs> uh, but I uh, I decided to go into education. I, I liked education. My dad was a principal. My mom was a teacher, okay. it was sort of a family business. My older brother is a assistant superintendent and so on and so wow, forth. Okay. So I went to uh, grad school, did a fifth year and got my master's in education. 
and lived in Las Vegas and taught for two years there in an urban, very wow. low income, spoke Spanish most of the day. It was okay. great for me though, coming from like Marin County and then yeah. Oregon, just the land of just everything's the same. That parachute into total diversity and, and poverty, urban. It was it was the best thing for me, I think, as just a wake up call of the disappropriation of wealth and health and access and all those things. Yeah. Um, we moved to Newport because my wife got into law school here. That's okay. how we ended here. And I just randomly applied for a job at Corona Del Mar and I got hired to teach. My alma mater. That's right. I wish she'd been there when I was there. It probably would have been way cooler because, you know, we didn't have cool people in that front office at the time. <laughs> well, I taught seventh grade English there for 10 years. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and then I taught, and, and then within that, you know, it's a seven through 12 school, yeah. so you can kind of do other things. I taught 10th grade English, and I worked in our little performing arts magnet academy, and then I uh, was the student council director, and then became the assistant principal, and I did that for four wow. years. okay. Um, and I, I coached tennis for five years, and in that time, I became very good friends with the tennis coach, and um, I got sober, when I became an assistant principal, okay, quit drinking. That was that was my vice, uh, primary vice. Yep. Okay. Um, decided to quit drinking, and that we can talk more about that later. But um, that sort of woke me up. I started writing again and um, submitting articles, sort of like parenting pieces or social commentary. Okay. And I submitted Had that stuff been like bubbling up in your brain and you just hadn't put it anywhere. Yeah, I, mean, I think kind it of putting it into practice a little bit at school, I'm assuming. Yeah, well, I think frustration, you do two things with it. Like one, I would just drink it. Right. Right. Frustrated drink. I mean, Perfect. everyone's been there it's at some <laughs> right. level of the spectrum. We all do Correct. something with that frustration. So yes. when I decided that was no longer the access point for that, it, I had a lot of creative energy that was bubbling up in me. So I started writing okay. and I submitted a piece and I was trying to shop it around and nobody wanted it. And I had a contact that worked at the Huffington Post and I sent it to him um, and I didn't know him. I just knew of him. And he was from Huntington Beach. He gave it to Ariana Huffington. She liked it. Don't she tell put it, too many people the story because then they won't need a publicist. I'm oh, just like looking for my for my self interest. Okay, sorry. It doesn't usually happen this easily, folks. Okay, I'm well. Kidding. Anyway, so, so she anyway, get, Ariana, like you just get in touch with Ariana and she. So then she liked it and she uh, tweeted it out and she put it on the what? front page of the Huffington Post. And That's amazing. Yeah. So this was that was the beginning of me understanding maybe there's more to the equation than I see. And you have something, and it's validation that you have something to say, something right? To say. Not yeah. that maybe you didn't need validation. A lot of us do. Well, you no, it, it was helpful. <laughs> uh, what was the topic? I just want to know that it was It was, basically, the, the article was the, when uh, free range parenting goes rogue. That's a great title. So free range parenting in the old school days was like, yeah, our kids can be out until the until sun. Dark. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. But now it's morphed into this sort of enablement or is the free range parenting movement changing into this morphing of we call it that, but that involves like, yeah, you can go to Cabo when you're 15 and you can go to right. Coachella when you're 14. And I don't care if you drool just to get all straight A's. Yeah. So it was kind of that. Okay. Um, and it's important to talk about that. Yeah. I think. So the day that that came out was a Tuesday. Um, and the day before that came out was the day that the tennis coach, who was my best friend, died by suicide. And very publicly. Yeah. Basically at work. Um, and so I had this polarity of the highest high and the lowest low in like an 18-hour window. Yeah. And that was when I, it was like a big bucket of water. Like, you know, what are you doing? 
and I didn't do anything at that point. That was April. Okay. Um, and I made it till December of the following school year. And I decided through a lot of consideration and talking to my therapist and understanding the, the trauma I was experiencing that I needed to take a mental health leave. Okay. So I took a mental health leave um, and ultimately decided that I wasn't going to go back. So I resigned. I rented an office at a little office park at Fashion Island. My wife's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And I said, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. um, what I do know is that I have great relationships in the community. I want to help kids and I will sort of create it. Yeah. So that is how Patterson Perspective started. Wow. So watershed moment. Right. Time to process. Mm -hmm. Get an alignment, at least on some level. On some level. Right. Yeah. And then start a practice um, and just jump in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is how most when you talk to entrepreneurs of any kind of um, stripe, that's typically how the business starts. It's like um, you get to this kind of rock bottom or, you know, watershed moment, fed up with something. Right and um or tired of the way something's working and then trying to figure out a better way so how many years ago was that that was uh 2016 december okay. i took my mental health leave um you know it didn't go down the way i wanted it to go down either does a mental health leave real i mean i want to talk about that too because sure. um well, it's, and this is what my, I, I have a new book and it's all about this. Good. We talk about talking about mental health, right? But typically that's as far as it goes. Right. It makes people so uncomfortable. Why though? Like, I, I don't get that because I'm biased because I've been in therapy right. since I'm five. So like, and I'm so out there with my stuff, which maybe is another you know, sure. issue. I don't it's the big bad wolf. I think it's just people don't. It's still qualified often as a moral, moral defect, a character defect. People don't think it's real. They think it's trendy. Um, and so certainly I experienced the, the, uh, ver like verbal. Yeah, for sure. I mean, verbal affirmations, like, yes, we support you. You do. Yeah, you, and then we got you. And then making it hard for you to do the leave. Probably. But also you need to go now and also don't come on campus and also don't check your email and also don't have any contact with anyone. Right. You're like a pariah now. Right. Like we support you and love you. We wish you good luck, right. but you're a pariah. I don't. Don't call us. We'll call you. Right. Versus, let's say I um and I and I watched this and and w I've worked with teachers there that had you know a diagnosis of breast cancer, which is awful, right? But the celebratory rallying. It's different around an illness like that. Right. That kind of illness. That a kind physical of illness. illness. Yes. That's a that's an illness that rallies the troops and gets right. people very involved. There's a involved. ribbon, and we can. Yeah, and, and rightfully so, and I think you should do that, but I experienced sort of this other sort of, like I just went into this abyss, and and I self-isolated with my own. I, I mean, I was so overwhelmed by that decision. I loved my job. I loved my job. Well, you can tell by the way you talk about it. You were so entrenched. It's like, yeah. well, I started teaching, and then I taught this class, and then I was a coach, and then I did yeah. the drama, you know, so it was like, obviously, you were into it. Yeah, so then, I mean, I, when I think when I left, I slept for like three weeks. I didn't yeah. realize how tired I was. I had been working like 60 plus hours a week for several years there as the assistant principal. That's an endless job. Um, and so I just... Um, I just left. I yeah. don't know. And and so I talked to not that many people from from that school, even though I had worked with them for 12 years. Um, the relationships I thought would persist evaporated and other people who I figured I'd probably never talk to them again. Showed up. Show it. Yeah. It's so interesting who shows up and who mm -hmm. doesn't. And 
Um, I've never really, I've always been super cautious about what I say or don't say. It's a small town, it's a very political town. But I've also reached a tipping point where um, I'm not gonna, I don't shy away from it. In fact, in my book, I read a whole chapter about my exit and it's it's my truth and people might not agree with it from their perspective. Yeah, right. Um, specifically like the, the people above me, the decision makers, my bosses, but that's no longer my issue. Correct. So. And that's pretty freeing, right? It's great. Yeah. yeah. I think it's more important, you know, I mean, to um, opine here, I think it's more important for people to tell their truth. Um, and in order to hopefully help some other people and right. like, you know, open things up versus just, you know, trying to worry about currying favor with whomever um, might not like that truth. But think you know? about think about it, too, as I mean, just very stereotypical as like the school leader, uh, a white male, you know, all these things, if that's how right. I'm being treated. Oh, it's can you imagine if you're a person of color? Yeah. Can you imagine if you're a uh, kid of uh, color? Yeah, exactly. It just even to the degree below that, like. And so that's really my mission now is my primary mission now is to advocate all out for for kids that are suffering from mental health or addiction or even just disenfranchisement. I mean, we have a very old school school system. And so a lot of what I do is find, look, there are so many ways to do school and it's way too short for you to think I have to graduate from this school and I have to go to that college and I have to do this, 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 so I can get my Chevy Tahoe, be commercial real estate, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, and you know, it's like, who really wants that? But again, I I mean, for the right kid, a lot of people, yeah, people chase it and that's fine for the right person. And when it works, it works really well. And when it doesn't, our kids get stuck in this turbine of sort of gaslighting different things to get everyone's attention that, Hey, like I'm not happy. Right. And but hey, if we can pivot you over here to this school, it's a hybrid homeschool. You can surf every day. You can take yes. art. They're like a new person, right? Let's talk about. So let's just dig right in because we, you know, as always in the in the pre-show, you know, I tend to, you know, obviously I touch base with guests, but um, I don't do a ton of prep because I like it to be very freeform. Um, and I've been fortunate that everyone's willing to play that way. Uh, and I think for us, there were so many things we could talk about, just as in my intro of you. I mean, you can see that we could take this in any direction. Right. But I know you've got this new book coming out. Yeah. Recover Edu, I yeah. think is the yeah. name. And it's coming out in the next few weeks. Correct. Okay. And um, I think we should just go right into it because okay. that's where this or- conversation's organically headed, mm-hmm. I think, for a reason, because it's a huge issue. Yeah. And um, I want to talk about, we can start wherever, because you're the expert, but mm-hmm. I feel like I want to talk about... I want to definitely put a pin in and hopefully towards the end of the podcast, talk about the other solutions to school, because Mm -hmm. I've been, again, not in the front lines like you, but proselytizing that from like a mom seat for Mm -hmm. about three years, because I just don't, I think the way we're doing it's wrong for some kids, right? Right. We need to be more more open-minded, especially when it comes to colleges and not college is okay. You know? Um, But I want to talk about kids with mental health issues. Um, maybe there's a primer here for parents or educators or something where we can talk about how it's presenting, why it's happening, what we can do to help. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, my, uh, if, if you've heard me speak before or, or read what I've written before, my primary message too is we need to take our kids, all kids to the therapist, like we do the dentist twice a year. Right. Like you're checking vision, you're checking sure. hearing, you're checking right. weight or whatever. All of it. We don't, we don't wait for our child's teeth to fall out to get them cleaned. And so why do we wait to the, till we have a crisis before we check mental health? So 
we we test kids for vision we test mm-hmm. kids for hearing like in our schools right but where's the mental health screening yeah um and what i've been told when i was advocating for that um was you know th- then if we find it then it's our problem well that is our problem because as educators we see kids more than any other adult and if we're not on the front lines of treating mental health as whole health or part of the education like total education, not a semester health class, your no, senior year holistic, that's online. ongoing. Correct. Yeah. Um, so for some of the markers that I look for, you know, and why people come to me traditionally and how I fell into being the person that sort of deals kids out to resources is that school, grades, attendance, missing a lot of school, a sudden drop in grades, quitting a sport or an activity mm-hmm. that they've always loved, getting kicked out or opting out of a friend group, um, relying on substances or uh, social media technology as as an escape mechanism, uh, aggression where there used to be none, um, things like that. And those are good markers, Uh, sleep patterns, weight, you know, all of it. That parents, other caregivers, friends could probably tease that apart. You know, not that I want kids to be like, feeling burdened by like their friends' mental health. But I mean, friends can keep an eye out for friends. Right, well, we we have this whole see something, say something for for terrorism and right. for all of these other factors that the likelihood of those things actually occurring are very low, but yes. we're, we're ingrained. I was working with a kid the other day where, where like I'm trying to teach him about it's okay to self-identify when you need to reach out to your therapist. And I said, well, what happens when you catch on fire? And he says, oh, I stop, drop and roll, mm-hmm. right? Okay, well, how many times have our kids caught in fire? Like almost never, never right? right? But we teach them that. But what we need to do is think about these like cheeky, like catchphrases and things that we can start, you get, in, get them young and get yes. it ingrained into their identification mechanisms so that they can advocate and learn to advocate for each other. Correct. And so I want to circle back quickly just as we keep moving forward, but I want to just touch on when you said that parents until schools and, you know, hopefully through whether it's your evangelizing about it or a movement, um, which I'm happy to be part of, you know, to talk about how schools should be checking mental health mm-hmm. and how does that look, you know, what does that look like? Right. I'm sure that's not simple to identify, but maybe it is. Right. Um, how can parents kind of, um, regularize or normalize that checkup so like would you say for a parent whose kids never presented with any issues that you know and they want to take the bull by the horns and be like yeah i love i love daniel's idea i want to do that is that like a twice a year twice a year okay and you just make an appointment you ask for a referral from someone you can go to patterson perspective and and get a referral or you know a trusted friend your doctor whomever um and it's just like hey you know i want to bring my kid in for a quick touch base yep and then do you have to sell it to your kid so you normalize it? I, no, I think the more you try to sell it, the more you don't believe it. Okay. Right? Good point. So I don't sell that I'm taking my kids to the dentist. I just... We're You're going. going. To the, we're going to the dentist today. Okay. Like, I'm, we're, so it's like the assumptive clothes. Like we're going yeah. to the therapist now. For well, the and a good out. rule of thumb is you could just do it on the same day you take them to the dentist. Right. It's a twofer. And you, it's kind of positioning it too. It's positioning it's like, it and it's normalizing it and also leading by example. I mean... Right. I go to a therapist and I talk about going to a therapist. Um, I don't, even my eight-year-old daughter was very upset and I was like, well, maybe we should have you talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that's that's a solution that we It's solution-oriented, yes. Correct, okay. It's okay to to talk to somebody about it. Um, And, but there's a generational divide, you know? Like, whereas as when I was my daughter's age, I would have never seen a therapist and 
but you were well, just arming them worst case scenario like they don't need any help but they've understood how what does it look like to go to a therapist yes, totally. how do i get to a therapist how does my mom make an appointment for a therapist mm -hmm. and what does it feel like what in does there? it feel like so that when you go to college um and and you need help and you feel like something within you is not correct you can you can walk through the process you're not right you're not this paralysis by analysis i'm not sure what to do so i don't do anything yeah that's great so so I think it's a great idea to do a twice a year checkup with the kid, Correct. with therapist, normalize it, you're going. That's just part of our lives as a family value. We check your height, we check your eyes, we check, you know, Everything. mental health. Yeah. Um, and then you've talked about some markers, right? That like, hey, you know, and I think a lot of us, when you said when you said those, I'm like, oh, I've definitely heard those before. Not just for kids, but for you know, you can make the adult, you know, version, version. of those, for right? For all people. Um, so so what are you seeing? I mean, are you seeing with kids presenting with these markers? Because obviously I think they're proliferating. I think we're, I don't know whether, I feel like we're seeing more than we ever have unless we're just more mindful of what the markers are. And so they're top of mind. So we're, we feel like the mental health issues have always been there, but it just seems like more lately with, I don't know, with I, kids. Yeah, Do you think I, don't, I don't know if it's more I, I, or we just are learning to call it by its name. Okay. So... A lot of teenage behaviors um, previously would get excused as maybe, oh, that's just a typical teenage behavior. Right, angsty, yeah. angry. And there's not, and that's true for a lot of kids. I mean, not every student or kid that's upset is depressed, that's right? A clinical and, depression, or, and not yeah. every student. And I'm not a clinician, just to make that very clear. But just in my experience, not every kid that is experiencing uh, situational anxiety, maybe they're very anxious over a final exam mm -hmm. because they really want a certain grade. That doesn't always translate into like clinical anxiety, right? Or generalized anxiety right. disorder where everything is a. But issue. I'm I'm not positioned to make that call, and most parents aren't. So, right. but who is therapist? So, correct. So when in doubt just go yeah can't hurt we just talked about all the things that would be even if you just sit there for an hour you don't really have a lot to talk about it's okay well and parents will always say like oh my kid's not going to talk to anybody and and a lot of parents will say well you can try to meet with my kid and they don't they haven't spoken to anybody and then two years later i'm still working with them and we talk all the time right. so third party and people who are trained to elicit to get information and some kids want to share things, but they don't want to share them with their parents. Right. That's normal. It's totally normal. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a mom um, who, you know, I, and I, I think I probably stuck my nose into it. I mean, let's be frank, but um, <laughs> I was like, you know, your daughter's like really struggling um, for obvious reasons. There were some very, you know, big issues that were just obvious. It wasn't like I was intuiting. Um and I'm like, here's some therapy recommendations. You know, I hope that's okay. And and she was like, she's not going to, like you said, she's not going to talk to a therapist. I said, well, one, like, you don't know that. Right. And two, does she get to make that choice right now? Like, I mean, I think you need to get her there and then see. Like, just because she's giving you, like, you know, a hard time about it doesn't mm. mean that doesn't mean she, she, she probably really needs to go. You right. know what I mean? So I think, is it okay to kind of like... I don't want to use the word force because that doesn't seem like the proper positioning. But is it okay if you really think your kid needs to go, like that you just mandate, like we're going? I mean, I would imagine that's being a parent, but yeah, I, would I don't know. I, I, I would, I would mandate it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, are you seeing certain and whether there there's causal factors in our culture or what we're eating or drinking? Who knows what it is? Are you seeing certain? And again, you're not a clinician, but you're privy, I'm sure, to sometimes the diagnoses that happen after there's been a marker, right? right? Yeah. Are you seeing a proliferation of a certain, like, are we seeing more anxiety? Are we seeing more depression? I mean, I know we're talking a lot about suicide and suicidal ideation now. Right. 
in this teen population. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the things that you're seeing just in your travels with kids that they're struggling? I'm seeing um, a straight line between marijuana and mental health disorders. Wow. Okay. Common denominator. And it's not your grandfather's weed. So let's just get that straight. Okay. The, the weed today is very strong. It's very synthetic. It, the kids are using dabs, which is like a wax based yes. equivalency to weed, but not weed. Um, okay. And every single time that I have a, a teenager, specifically boys, I mean, I work more with boys, okay. when they are have a heightened aggression and their anxiety and depression is spiking and they're doing poorly in school, it's weed. Wow. Okay. I mean, that's good to know because yeah. it's like, you know, I think that because we've just legalized it, right? Well, it's definitely having a good it. PR. It's having a great like PR go. Right. It's been legalized. A lot of celebrities use it. It's glamorized. I right. mean, when you're 25, you you want to go full Snoop Dogg and just you just go off. Right. But right, right now, when you're 15 and your brain is developing, your frontal cortex isn't right. fully developed and, and, it's, your executive and it causes function. total chaos. OK, so weed is not. Well, first of all, you know, it's not been decriminalized or legalized for that age group anyway. No. Right. Um, but even if the folks think it's okay, it doesn't mean that's okay for the kid. Yes, that's that's my point. And and also, you know, we create this 4.0 mask that I like to talk about, which is well, as long as my son is has a 4.0, it's still playing lacrosse and still this and still that, they can kind of do whatever they want. And so we 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 send them into this adulting phase when they're when they're 15, 16, 17. Yeah, and they're big, right? They're six feet one. They've grown and but they still call you when they need anything, right? So they're kids. And so they're just they're they're little kids in big bodies. And but with this permissive parenting that's happening with as long as they get the 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 shiny markers and the resume line items and the college admissions, we're validating the wrong validators. Okay in my opinion, yeah. and that creates a lot of return to sender or uh, you know, failure to launch totally. is, is very cliche and trendy, but it's it's very real. Um, it's sort of like if you, you can either parent your teenager now and it's gonna be tough and uncomfortable and annoying, or you can do it the other way and be more permissive, but guess what? You're gonna have a teenager for like 25 years. Yeah. So have fun with that. Right, can we talk about that? It's true. Yeah, I mean, I think that's huge. And I'm like, when I, I'm getting a little uncomfortable only because I'm like, you know what I mean? Okay, so, but you know, I'm gonna head. I'm just gonna go straight into the headwinds because I'm like, I feel like a reporter that's like reporting on a hurricane and standing there with a little freaking like parka, and it's like ripping. Like it's just like Carrie, he fucked up. So can we talk about like? Um, I mean, I think we all know how we're supposed to parent our yeah. kids, right? Can we talk about how this mask, this 4.0 mask, kind of came to be? Like, do you have a, a, a feeling because you've You've been on the front lines from an educational perspective, and now that plus the mental health aspect. I think it's the family pedigree. And I was working with a boy who told me straight up, the adults in Newport Beach live here on purpose. The kids live here because their parents do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a great analogy because in the the algorithm, kind of like Instagram is always changing. And what used to work... um, there was a, I was talking with a father and son and the father went to USC, I think 91. Mm-hmm. And he was all over his son about needing better grades, better this, better that to go to USC. And the kid's like, dad, I'm never getting into USC. It's too hard. The dad's like, I went to USC. And yeah, then- Yeah, but that's when people and parents wrote checks to get in. Well, no, but the admissions rate, the acceptance rate in that year was over 70%. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That back in the day, that was a school you could write a check to and get in. Nowadays, it's like actually- <laughs> Slightly different. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but I but like think, you said, it's what worked for that yeah. isn't. 
So I think where the pressure comes from is that we're so product focused. And I really, in my practice and in, in the work that I do, I don't care about the product. I care about the process. So okay. if I'm working with a student and they want to get a goal, their goal is like they come into my office, I want to get an A in biology. That's fine. But what go is, into the why part of that? Well, we talk about the why, but we but I, I, I ignore that and okay. I just focus on the process. So what does it look like this week? Like what's the demonstrated effort? What does the goal look like in real time? Okay. And try to focus on sort of where the efforts involved and, and small wins and small accomplishments and, and take the eye off of of the big prize. Okay. Um, because there's over 4,600 colleges in America. Yeah, people don't and talk about that. We talk about the same 20. Yeah. That, and that's good. Those schools have good branding. They have consistently- Amazing marketing efforts. Good they marketing. turn out you know, good product, quote unquote. I'm not sure if it's healthy, but I mean, it's shiny. But it's the not product. the college, it's the student. I've seen, right. I've seen your shiniest objects, your highest achievers go into a school and absolutely it, it doesn't work at all. Yeah. And they come out of school and they have no employ, employable skills and they kind of just- they're not really launching. And then I see kids that have a 3.0, completely average in every good sense of the word um, on paper, but they've been extraordinary people in their other parts of their lives. Right. And they've worked and they've traveled and they've volunteered and they actually have a passion that means something to them. Right, versus just like checking a box for an application. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I think what's happening right now is that we, we use, and I'm a fan of backwards planning, okay. but typically what that looks like is that parents have already decided in their mind, like my student needs to go to one of these 20 colleges. And so I'm gonna backwards plan their life at this that. point to get them there. And that comes from a place of love because the parents is like, hey, I went to that school and now I have a great job and I have this beautiful life. We live in this amazing community. Newport's great, right? Who, who wouldn't want to live here in a lot of ways? But that's not always what the kid wants for themselves. And also that recipe could be kind of outdated. It is. It's like the old joy of cooking. I have my mom's. It's like yellowed and stuff. And I'm like, I'm not going to make aspic. Do you know what I mean? And it sounds dirty. You know, that's, that's not the reason I'm not making it because it sounds also gross. But like, it's a different right. paradigm now. I mean, in large part, I would think. Yeah. And I just think that you don't need to, I don't know, my whole mindset with that has completely morphed just in the work that I do because a lot of the kids that work with me, all systems are running smoothly. They really just need like a third party mentor just to keep the friction at home low and they don't want to hear it from their parents. So I help them autonomize their life and that okay. works really well. So not everyone I work with is in crises by any stretch of the imagination, but I do work with like my most typical client is probably someone who, you know, has a three, two or a 3.0 and just doesn't, it feels as if there's no hope. You know, because right, they, they've kind of been taught that. Like, right. And but yeah. they're they're like the first semester of sophomore year and they've already given up. Right. It's it's sad. It's like and they're burnt. I think yeah. these kids get burned out, too, from this like 4.0 mask. I think right. um, I've seen it with like my eldest kid went to OSHA, um, starts the conservatory process like so early on. Right. And then as and it's a great school. Um and it was great for him for many other reasons besides just the conservatory aspect. But most of those kids in conservatories got burned out of the specialty by the time they were a senior and didn't want to pursue it. And it was a had been a passion. Right. So, um, you know, I think we just be more mindful of burning these kids out, too. Yeah, the, burnout, the burnout's real. And, and I don't think it helps with the work hard, play hard mentality, where as long as they have... You know, right. these kids are very smart and they can maintain a 4.0, but then, but then on the back end, if they're the drunkest girl at the party every weekend right. and, and, 
smoking their puffs or whatever in the parking lot every day. They don't have a healthy living. They're not getting good sleep. And then meanwhile, they're not talking to a clinician, so they don't know how to manage their stress. And you create this perfect storm. And then guess what? It explodes in some totally. way, shape or form. And then everyone's like, well, what happened? You're like, it's pretty easy for you to tell us what happened. I can tell because yeah. you're like, I know exactly what happened. I mean, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a slow burn, right. but it reaches that critical mass. And then it's very hard to put back together. So what are some things, and they may be just super like Captain Obvious type stuff, but sure. I think it's important to state them because like we're saying, we're trying to have an open conversation about this. What are some things that parents should be doing that they're not? What they should be doing? Um, or like reframing. Yeah, maybe. I think that not mistaking their child's success academically or in the college admissions game or what team they're on, not mistaking that for being a good or bad parent. Okay. It's not a reflection on them as a pa their parenting right. quality. Nobody cares, Karen, if your right? daughter totally. is varsity cheer. Um, I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm just saying like, um, Karen's and thinks it does. So Karen says yes. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so I, I yeah, Karen's friends <laughs> taking, taking a, a step back and also understanding that, I mean, I like the popcorn metaphor which you can see like people post it on instagram but yes. you know like every bag of popcorns put in the microwave at the same time all the kernels look the same they're all right. the same some pop early some pop late some don't pop you know right so not that the kids don't pop but you know the the incubation period uh for kids is different yes totally it's, it's not uncommon for uh, someone to find their mojo halfway through their junior year Right. And then they can leverage that into success later. Success looks different on every kid. Yeah. And I, I think that's really important. So I think that just to recap um, a little bit of this that you've already laid out, Daniel, which is so great, is that, you know, it's like success looks different for every person, kid mm -hmm. or otherwise. Right. Um, the old recipes are, probably need to be adjusted for altitude and other things now. Right. Because right? yeah. we've changed a lot. The world's a lot different. Um, and that your kid's path has no reflection on your parenting um, for the most part. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, uh, unless their path is totally rogue, out of control. Well, unless you've been neglectful or yeah, something. But I mean, I mean if, if they are a hard worker and a nice person and they have right. a, I would take a kid with all C's yes. who is healthy, invested, vibrant in the family system, working over a kid with a 4.4 who is just a typical Chad Brad, like totally very conniving, very manipulative and and not authentic in anything they're doing. Right. And I, I think it's it's make it's such common sense. Like you say that I'm like preach, you know, but it's like I think um, and hopefully some of them still listen to my podcast after my political rant of three weeks ago. Um, if you're listening and, you know, I think it's like you can be proud of your kid for showing up as their authentic selves right. and if they're pursuing, you know, a healthy hopefully balanced life. I mean, if they have Cheetos, I'm not talking about that kind of health. I'm talking about mental health. They're talking about their feelings. They're functioning in society. They seem happy. They've got friends. They've, they're pursuing something they enjoy. Well, and in the grand scheme of things, high school, not to offend anybody is largely irrelevant. If, totally. you, if you make, if I, and I do this activity with my students, I, on my whiteboard, I draw 100, 100 years, because they're going to live to be 100, let's okay. say, on average. Yeah, right. And I do a little hash marks all the way down. And I'm like, okay, you're so concerned about this one year that's the 15th year, and you have 85 more years. 
So let's get some perspective. You don't have to have it all figured out in this moment right now. Let's play the long game. Yeah. But some of your your coping skills and the pressure you're putting on yourself and attaching all of your hopes and dreams to one wagon of one school yes. is is doing yourself a disservice because you know you have to fail over and over again to be successful. You have to not know it all all the time. I'm 40. I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. And and I think if we're honest, and I'm 50, I'm 50, and I have no idea either. I mean, I'm still figuring it out. And when I stop trying to figure it out and grow, then I'm, I'm, I think I shouldn't be here anymore because that seems like a yeah. fail. You know what I mean? Like so. And I don't think I just want to also clarify in one thing that I'm sure some listeners, especially a Karen, after my last comments, probably think it's, it's okay, like, well, Karen. he doesn't even have teenagers. I get that a lot. I don't have teenagers, but I have worked with teenagers every day for 16 years. Well, and you've been one, I'm assuming, because you're and, not 40. And I've been one. Okay. Um, and I'm not an expert. I'm not a parenting expert. What I I'm an expert in our teenagers. Yes. And I have case studies upon case studies of turning really big ships, kids that have been given up on and have been down and out who are now living their best life or at least the best version of themselves right now because I've gotten them to understand that it's really not about everyone else. And so my last piece of advice for parents is tune out the noise. Okay. So that's I, hard for a lot of people, including, is. I mean, I, I've been, when the kids were younger in kind of a private school setting, that was very much like my filter my lens was like what are other people doing what are they thinking you know um well specifically with college admissions yes i would love it if people if you if you have somebody that you work with who does your college stuff talk to them right but the parent to parent this to that like the it creates a frenzy mm -hmm. that is a trickle down and it, it starts with the parents and they're frenzied and it just drips and drips and drips and drips until the kids feel so much pressure like if i don't get into this school or into one of my reach schools, then I've let my parents down, that I have no value, that I'm not a good person. Um, and w for what, you know? It's so insignificant in the long run, right. in my opinion. It is, no, I agree. And I think for any parent listening to this, um, when you hear Daniel lay it out like that, you know, if, when you love your kids, of course you're gonna be like, well, that does sound ridiculous. I don't want them to feel like they've let me down just because they didn't get into college A, B, or C. I mean, I think any parent that loves their kids would be like, Shit, like I don't want them to ever feel like that, right? But I think our actions sometimes speak louder than our words. So, and the, and the kids feel like that more than they don't. That just sucks. I mean, I think I've gone through it now with two kids, two very different kids, right? So, my son is 20, had a start at one school, didn't like it, came home and is at Chapman mm -hmm. and loves it. And that's all great. And there's been no like, oh, you know, wish right. you made it work in Boston, you know? Even though, I mean, was it a pain in the ass to like <laughs> buy all that furniture, offload it, you know, whatever, it's fine. But I mean, ultimately, I just want him to be happy and functioning and be where he's supposed to be in the universe ends up telling us that it's not right. Boston. Fine. Right. And then my my younger kid, who, again, we didn't have the 4.0 mask. She just happens to be able to she gets the game of school. Right. She knows how to play the game of school. And so she played the game really well and she like crams when she needs to. And yeah, I've told her like longitudinal studying could work too, but she didn't like it. Right. I said, okay, you play the game how you want to play it. Just as long as you're happy. Right. And so at the end of the day, we ended up having a conversation about colleges, not about brand names, but I'm like, let's think about who your people are. Like, who are your peeps? Let's look at your peeps now, like in Newport Harbor. Mm -hmm. You know, what do they have in common? Like, what are like the values? What are like the, how are they presenting to you? Like the character traits that you love, you know? And she's not the Brad Chad. Like, she's more of like, I want like the people that are really like being super authentic. I want people that are open. I want people that are supportive. I want people that don't talk about money all the time. I want, I'm like, well, you know, these three schools that were on your list, 
you're probably going to have to find the three kids that aren't like, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So let's look at the schools where those kids are like more predominant, you know, and maybe kids with a, with a, without a ton of money are going because those are your people. Yeah. You know, so we actually reversed engineered it or backwards planned for like, who are your people? Right. And also geographically, where do you want to be? Where are you happy? Like what kind of weather makes you feel good when you get up? And I think that's so much more important because at the end of the day, like your degree is your degree and you can study as hard as you want and and you can come out from any school, regardless of pedigree with a good education. Um, and those, those like intangibles, right? right? No one's ever asked me where I, I mean, I went to UCLA just for, you know, the sake of argument. Um, but it was like, no one ever cares. Like no one's ever like, Oh, you're a Bruin. Like, or, and maybe it'd be different. I went to, went to SC. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, certainly but I'm with, saying like, it hasn't mattered. There are networking schools that, you know, if you can go there, I'm just saying if you, if you like your daughter, if you've figured out school, if you can do it and you're happy and you're healthy and you're balanced and you get into those big schools, I'm not knocking those big schools. No, They're they, great. If they would have been a fit for her, we would have pursued it. Right. I'm just saying that let's not you know, burn the candle with both ends and create so much pressure and anxiety and stress that you've enjoyed 0% of high school. Right. Which is uh, sad to me. Anticipating that all of that's going to work out when I also have kids that do everything under the sun they should have done. Right. And they don't get in anywhere. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I want you to do what you're going to do now and like now, regardless of the outcome later. Right. And if it, if it sets you up to, and you do get into that dream school, good for you. But I want you to do it like you would have done it anyways. Right. Because I think that's where the universe, whatever you believe in, you know, whatever energy God or whatever. I mean, that's, you're kind of being taken. I mean, we have free will, but at the same time, if you're doing all the things that you love that are true to you and doing your best, your true best, not what your parents think is your best, but like what your, you know, authentic best, then it's like, you're going to end up where you're supposed to be, whatever that school's name is or whatever their mascot is. And it might not be a school at all. Right. And that's another thing that I, I think people, and I remember when, um, you know, a lot of the stuff came down with some of the suicidal um, kind of events that have happened. Um, when a couple of a therapist friend and a couple of other women and I had gone in to talk to Sean Bolton, mm-hmm. um, right, and then he ended up writing that really great piece that yeah, went viral because we were like, "This is crazy." And I'm like, "I remember I'm a reformed college snob, so I feel like I'm like in a perfect position to talk about <laughs> it." I'm like, "I don't even care anymore." Like my kids could be probably make more money as plumbers. Not that they like that. But like, if they wanted to be electricians, I'd be like, shoot, go forth and prosper, man, because you're right. going to be like printing cash, <laughs> you know, and maybe have a great schedule and a killer truck and a yeah. freaking orange cooler on the back with some cool stuff. I don't know what goes on. But anyway, but I'm like, I don't have even attached. I told both my kids, you didn't have to go to college. I mean, I'm not saying pump the brakes if you want to, but I'm like, I'm open. Right. Like we have money to and I'll help support you and you can work your way too to fund you at a trade school. Um, I don't start a nonprofit. I don't know what it looks like, but I don't think I'm not even a college believer anymore, which is I never thought I would say, you know, maybe eight years ago. I just don't think it's a guarantee. I don't think, I I don't think colleges, it it holds the guarantees that it used to. It doesn't. I think what it does for a lot of kids, which is important is that it gets them another four years in a semi-structured environment for them to develop and Mm -hmm. understand, better understand who they want to be. Right. And also get very good skills. And and there are companies that do want that college degree. So I think it's industry aligned. Yeah. But I also do believe and know that you can do a lot of other things um, and still educate yourself and and, and have a great life. Be a a good adult and an involved person and a happy person without it. Right. Um, When we talk about at the beginning um, in the pre-show, you talked about a lot of your focus when you were boiling down. 
when I was asking you, gosh, how do I introduce you? Because you can do so many things and your credibility is so strong in so many areas. So like, what is it? What's the germinal kind of idea? And you had talked about like, I think it was a family unit. Yeah. Um, can we talk about what a, like that looks like in, and again, I know there are probably a lot of different ways those present that work, but like, what's that philosophy about like the functioning with mine? I mean, just trying to get people to be more congruent with each other's needs and okay. um, and have real conversations about real things because in the family, in unit. the family, because we spend our school is I always like to tell parents like school is 10% of who they are as a person, but it's about 90% of what we talk about. So just trying to remove the school conversation as the omnipresent, like steadfast marker of how you drive conversation in your home. Right. Um, like I would say, use 45 minutes, the 45 minute rule when they get home from school or you get home from work, no school talk for 45 minutes. Yeah, because you want to decompress. I mean, yeah. when, when you get home from work, my daughter's not like, dad, how was work? Oh, you didn't sign that client. What happened? Do you think you could email them and just say, <laughs> can I just have one more chance to pitch you that book that you wanted? Um, there, you know, I, I need time to, right. to listen to my like indie rock and make yes. dinner before I talk about my day. But even then I don't really want to, um, so it's just about sort of like this decompression cycle and then also understanding, again, I'm not a therapist, so I'm not having family therapy, but what I'm doing is saying, based on your family and sort of your needs, I think you should talk to her. This therapist is wonderful. She's really good with your age and stage children. She's she's kind of a no bullshit. She's gonna tell you how it right. is. Um, and getting people to face into their own anxieties as parents, because I feel like a lot of those are projections um, where the parent is actually the person harboring the most anxiety. Really? What's this projection thing? <laughs> just kidding. No. no, but you know what I'm saying? So it's just that like totally true. also connecting them to, but also sort of this Jedi mind trick was just like, hey, you know, well, if you saw a therapist and led by example, then they would be more likely to do, you know. Right, totally. So, and everyone's getting help. And it's not all about therapy. Sometimes it's just about educating parents about the college realities and the yeah. landscape of different colleges and, and easing their tension so that they can take a breath, so then the kid can take a breath and everyone's breathing. Right. And, and we're all breathing. So I can, so as a parent, I can, and again, if I'm not local to Orange County, can I right. do this work over the phone or Skype yeah. and Zoom or whatever? Yeah. So, um, you know, I can come to Patterson perspective and it's not just like college counseling, no. although there is some we of have a that. College, we, we have a college counselor who works with us. Myself yeah, if you want your, you. your stand standalone college counseling. Right. But I can do a holistic thing. Holistic. Whether it's like, um, you know, if I have enough insight as a parent to know that I probably need some work too. I may not. I mean, my dad used to like take me to therapy so that like I could learn how to communicate with him better. Mm -hmm. He would drop me off so that I could learn how to do it. And then he didn't go to therapy at all. So that was, you know, pretty insightful. Um, but so maybe I as a parent know that my family dynamics not really working or I'm struggling with how to talk to my teen. Right. Um, I can still come to you and you can be like, there might be work with you personally. Right. There might be work with, I think, Chelsea yeah. on and the so, team, And the Chelsea clinician. has her, her master's in marriage and family therapy. Yeah, so she's, yeah. And she's certified in everything under the sun. We practice a coaching model, so okay. it's not, it's not medical. It's okay. still coaching, but in terms of the like by trade, that's what she has right, done her training. and knows how to do. And so we do a lot of hybrid where I'm working on school and school goals and efficiency and stress and pressure and time okay. management. And Chelsea's working on family system and communication awesome. and anxiety. So we we basically are an in-house team that can treat and work with both all at the same time. Right. So we can and so. 
even if for some reason, and I can't imagine because you're so easy to talk to, but let's say it wasn't a fit for somebody or whatever, right. you would you have tons of referrals, yeah. right? So you're like, your interest is really in getting the the holistic approach applied to these kids, right? right? And then, you know, sometimes that means the family, it should always mean the family's involved, but to, to different extents, it can, it's right? Cust- and, and we only work with a few families at a time because it's a completely customized model. Yeah. And we work with families right now in seven different states. That's awesome. And, and Canada. Okay. So, um, and that's just been organic through... Yeah, word, just word, word of, of mouth, mouth yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Well, you're publishing a lot of articles. You've yeah. got one book that's already out. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about that book that, that we... That book was called The Assertive Parent or is called The Assertive Parent. And it it just is sort of like a baby 411 book for teenagers. Okay. And it deals with the four hot topics that I would get asked the most questions, which is school and academics. Okay. You know, nicotine and alcohol and marijuana, yeah. technology, social media, and okay. then family communication and I mean, systems. What more do you need? And it's sort of just a choose your own adventure. You don't have to read it cover okay. to cover. You could just, it's a lot of like, if this happens, try this. Or these are the kinds of questions I would like you to ask your school counselor. This is how you write an email to a teacher if you're feeling frustrated. Okay. It's just a very plug and play sort of, if this happens, try that. My philosophy on on sort of the things we've already talked yeah. about in this, yeah. So. The title of that book again? The Assertive Parent. Okay. And where do I get that? Because I feel like I need Amazon, to read some of chapters tonight. <laughs> Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. I'm like, shit, Daniel. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think I'm a pretty good parent. But I think it's interesting to watch, to hear, because I think um, I have been guilty of the 4.0 mask thing. Not necessarily like frame, like I have been l- being more permissive with my kids Um, as long as I feel like they're functioning. But I do also put in their mental health because we've had, you know, my family tree and my my ex-husband's family tree are like the mental health. I mean, it's like everybody has anxiety. If you don't have it, who are you? And you're probably not related. You know what I mean? Like you probably were adopted and no one told you, you know? So there's like GAD, you know, generalized anxiety disorder. There is panic disorder. Mm -hmm. There is some bipolar. We've got OCD. We've got narcissism. We've got like, I mean, everybody has the things. So I think one overlay is like, you know, as long as you're doing well and you're, you're, I very much attuned to mental health with my kids, like, and probably overly, um, but I do think I've been more permissive if I feel like they're doing okay holistically. Right. But I'm like, should they be smoking pot? Right. Like, and I think it's a lot of the difference you know, is the question is not, are they doing well? It's, you know, or like how well are yeah. they doing, but are they doing well? Like as a, all parts, as a whole, like a as unit, a, as a like unit, a, a yes. holistic per a school being. checks one of those boxes and your resume does another, right. but like, what about what's going on in terms of like coping skills? Cause when we let our kids use too many substances too often, that becomes right. a primary coping skill. And that's what happened to me. I mean, I just went full send in college and then into my adulthood and alcohol became, it was my best friend, my therapist, my counselor, you know, and it was fun until it wasn't and it made matters worse. And not everybody has to be sober. I'm not, I'm not preaching that, but I'm saying um, it needs to be talked about and, and educated and same with mental health so that it doesn't have to, your house doesn't have to be on fire and you're like calling the fire department. Right. Exactly. Put it out before it starts. Right. Totally. So I just, I'm so glad I'm, I'm like thankful that we talked today just because one, I knew it would be a great podcast because you have a lot to share and there's, we can only scratch the surface. Um, but also just selfishly, cause I'm like, Oh my God, like I, I knew I would get nuggets, you know? And <laughs> I'm you. like, Oh, that's, I are going to really rethink some of the ways. Cause I do trust my kids a lot. And we have very like open, authentic communication. My um, new husband just cannot believe the stuff we talk about. He's like, <laughs> 
wow. He's like, I gotta leave the room right now. Right. You know, you're talking about sex in that level of detail. It's pretty granular. Like I kind of got to go watch sports, you know? (laughs) Um, So we're pretty open, but there's some things where I feel like, you know, I have been permissive and I need to check myself a little bit and see if that's really good. I don't know the answer. Yeah. So, and the answer is different for every family system. And that's why it's just looking inward and asking those questions. is good. Right. Um, And, and the new book recover edu will be out in a few weeks and I'm actually donating 10% of all book proceeds forever to Patrick's Purpose Foundation. Oh, for Patrick um, Turner. Yeah, for Patrick mm-hmm. Turner. And, you know, I had the privilege of interviewing them. There's a there's a whole chapter on, on that from their family perspective, sort of what they want other people to know about what they went through and what sort of right. changes that they would recommend for schools to make. And and it's very much their story. Okay. Um, and so and every chapter in the book is is a different story. That's so, um, well, one, storytelling is what it's all about nowadays uh, from any kind of standpoint, learning, uh, entertainment, education, and what have you. But I think it's really wonderful that you're supporting Patrick's Purpose Foundation. You said 10% Mm -hmm. of the sales. And for people who aren't local or don't know, um, Patrick Turner was, was he a junior? He was a sophomore. Okay. Um, uh, By all accounts, seemed like a super cool kid. And it seemed like, you know, once again, had... I don't know if the, I'm not his parents. I only met like at, at church a few times in passing, mm-hmm. uh, but a great family. And, and he committed suicide, and um, it really shocked our community here. Um, and I think took off the mask for a lot of people about this 4.0 mask and kind of when things seem okay with the kid, maybe and um, or kid has it all, you know, and then still, you know. So I, I think it, it started a lot of conversations, which I think was really important. Yeah, it at, was. It, it was a. A very sad situation still is. Yeah. I've gotten to know the family well. I had taught their older kids, so I, I knew them. But I've just, um, you know, as somebody who lost one of my best friends, died by suicide, and and just proximity of that age and stage, yeah. and so, so friends with a lot of kids that I work with, and um, you know, I've just stayed in touch with them. And then I I asked them if they would be willing tell to tell story. their story, and and they felt like they were ready. Um, That's really lovely and and um caring of them to be able to like share that because i think it'll impact a lot of people yeah and the work they're doing with their foundation is incredible and you know they're giving scholarships every year now to students who are attending trade school and community college i didn't know that i love that yes all right i've got to look at patrick's purpose foundation and do a little more research because that is super cool yeah so i just their message is 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 nice and and they're validating they're giving validators to people who aren't that top level student or who's who want an alternative path and yes i love it and saying we support you and we're going to fund you i love it's it great i, I want to be part of that because i think it's it's really important to honor like oh, everybody's yeah. journey yes and they're like you said there's not one you know size fits all here no because uh, we're all different people. Um, so Recover Edu yeah. is coming out. So that'll be like Amazon. I can go on Amazon and It'll find that Amazon, in the next couple yeah. weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. And then pattersonperspective.com. Correct. Okay. Is there anything we didn't cover that we should cover? No. I mean, I know we could have another podcast. <laughs> yeah, we but can. I mean, for where we're at. Like, is there anything else that we want to talk about um, that you want to talk well, about? That I want to talk about? I, just, I would just say that, you know, I don't, I don't know it all and I'm okay with that. And listeners, you don't know it all and you should be, have peace with that. And the beauty is, is that when I don't know something, I can reach out to a resource and they can educate me. And so we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's ego aside. It's okay to, to operate 
in sort of discomfort if it's it's for the greater good and it's for personal growth and what you expect it to be isn't always what it looks like and take I thought it would be a principle for a hundred years just like right. my dad and I'm not and I went through a lot of adversity to get here but that but I'm I'm glad that I did in a certain way but I also held myself accountable and made hard choices and gave up things that were bad for me got rid of relationships that no longer served me made amends for things that I had done in times when I was at the height of my addiction. And so uh, if I can sort of make a change at 36 and here I am at 40 and things right. look so different, I've, it doesn't matter how old you are, young you are, you can always start over, you can always refresh, you can always upgrade, level up and, and tackle a new task and, and make an impact, I think. I love that. It's an important message. I think staying curious yeah. is kind of important, like in a, in a kind of positive way to right. phrase it too. Cause it's like, you know, I don't know the answer. I'm curious to find out what it is. Not like I'm going to self-flagellate cause I don't know the answer. Right. You know, it's like an ego death, you right. know, or something. It's like, no, you're curious. We don't, you know, we're not all knowing. I mean, that's not for us to be, you know, it's just like stay curious. And, and I love the message too of, um, that you can always revisit the way you're doing life. Right. And, reconnoiter and make changes and you know when you think about that spectrum of life i love 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 uh, especially for teens like looking at the longitudinal like slice and being like this little piece is high school this little speck is today mm-hmm. i mean tomorrow you can't even see it on no there. and tomorrow can start this whole new path mm-hmm. it's a long journey you know god willing and hopefully we get to be here for a long time and um, you could reinvent yourself all the time. Who knows? And I think that's the cool part. Yeah, right. Absolutely. To think about. Yeah. Um, so thanks for being here. Thanks for having Super me. Super stoked you were on. I have to do another follow up podcast with you. I think anytime. Because um, after I read the book, I'm going to need like a personal session. Maybe we'll tape it. It'll <laughs> okay. be like, yeah, Carrie, please don't do that anymore. Um, so Daniel Patterson, Patterson Perspective, um, the new book Recover Edu coming out, um, and his previous book too. You got to go get all the books. All the all the Daniel Patterson. I'd bugs. appreciate that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so great. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Have a good week. Okay.